Today we are talking about Andrei Tarkovsky's Stalker, a Soviet science fiction art drama released in 1979, and Ben is going to do his best to explain the plot without giving too much away. Yeah, so this is uh, this is one of my favorite films. Um, so it's basically uh, it's the it's a, the adaption of the. Strugovsky, Strugovsky, it's it's a Russian name, novel, yeah, novel by um, these brothers uh, called Roadside Picnic. And basically, there was an alien visitation happened to Earth, and however, when the aliens visited, there was uh, strange abnormalities that happened uh, around the site they visited, and then when they left, um, so. They have uh, – so then the military cordons off these areas, but the people who go in there and try to find technology or devices or whatever the aliens left behind are called stalkers. So they go through the military cordon, and then as they go through these – and as they go through the zone, as it's called, uh, strange phenomena occur. And yeah, that's basically what the plot's about. Yeah. Uh, our main character um, – Takes two guys with him into the zone that paid him to go see a device that supposedly grants everyone's greatest wish. And that's basically the plot of the novel. Yeah. Uh, well, both the novel oh, and, and, the, and the film, yeah. yeah. Uh, very interesting, very, very interesting movie. Uh, it's And this is worth talking about since we're talking about the plot. Um, Tartofsky originally or Tarkovsky, not Tartofsky, Tarkovsky originally made this movie because he – it. Uh, he also he liked the book Roadside Picnic, and he was really interested in making a movie that he shoot what was it called the it's called the based off of the three classical principles of Italian oh, tragedy the yeah, Aristotelian yeah, yeah. unity Aristotelian unity I know what you're talking uh, about yeah and basically it it takes place in one place at one time in uh, a 24 hour period. Oh shoot! It's one yeah, place. I think oh yeah, it's it's that? that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. That. That's what um, I don't know the exact term. But yeah, that yeah. Is the general and I probably premise. butchered the official like explanation, but essentially that's what it was. And it's very interesting in that way because this is a very simple story that's three hours long, <laughs> and or almost three hours long. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Give or take a couple. Yeah, yeah. And there really isn't minutes. much to do with the plot, <laughs> mostly because just how long the takes are. Anyways. Oh yeah, because all the takes, I think. They average between one to four minutes each shot, and all of them are very yeah, long there's shots. Yeah, I think there's 143 shots in 163 minutes. For yeah. context, the average uh, moving to theaters has shots anywhere from two to five seconds. So having shots that are anywhere from, on average, I think 60 seconds, and you know, Sarah mm-hmm. set up to four minutes, uh, just absolutely unheard of today. Yeah, and... Because of that, there's no jump cuts, which I love. Mm-hmm. I do not like constant jump cuts. They right. annoy me. They give me a headache. I don't like it. And kind of going off the one to four minutes, mm-hmm. how would you feel if the movie was different, if those long shots weren't present, if they weren't one to four minutes? Would that have the, would the movie have that same effect? No, definitely not. Uh, it's an extremely suspenseful film, and I think one of the reasons why is because uh, because of the long shots. Mm-hmm. Especially, uh, especially seeing it. So Tartofsky in general, he hates uh, the montage, the idea that uh, both the montage <laughs> yeah. and the idea of like any cuts much often. All I've also mm-hmm. seen Ivan's Ivan's Childhood by uh, Tartofsky. 
Tarkovsky. There we go. I'll get it right. I promise I'll get it right. We'll hopefully get it right. And he had the same thing. He just he it was in more of a war action movie, but he still did the long shots. He did not uh, compromise on that. And I definitely think uh, even if he was did what you know Sergio Leone, he does uh, mm-hmm. he does he also does the long shots, but he also does the close ups. And he does cuts between a close up and a long shot, and they'll cut back and forth between the two shots. Yeah. Uh, and he's considered like, and his shots are considered uh, very both long in terms of you know viewpoint and long in terms of uh length of time that the shots go and even he was like no more than 15 maybe 30 seconds if i i don't have the actual numbers in front of me but like definitely was not on average over a minute (laughs) uh yeah and i think even if tarkovsky compromised on um on the length of shots even like by half which would have been still unimaginably long even by uh Standards, standards in 1980s, yeah. uh, it would still, it would not have the same effect. It wouldn't have the same eerie effect. There we go. Yeah. This movie is very eerie. Yes, it's it is extremely eerie. <laughs> I will say the one downside as we're talking about this movie, kind of hyping it up, but trying not to hype it up because mm-hmm. that was the problem that you and dad did with me. Mm. They hyped this movie up for me because they saw it before. This mm-hmm. You've seen it like two or three times already. Yeah. And... Both of you had to watch it in two to three sittings. And I'm not a person who does horror movies. I, I will do some thrillers. I will I will watch Beetlejuice. I like watching Beetlejuice in the fall time. I'll watch Stalker because it actually was not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of cop it a little bit at Alfred Hitchcock and the birds. Like, that's my... that The birds is where I kind of draw the line of horror-ish and so i asked you guys like okay is this a horror movie you guys said no it wasn't a horror movie but it kind of kept hyping it up a little bit mm-hmm. and i expected to like watch this in two or three sittings mm-hmm. and i think i watched it in the entire sitting mm-hmm. partly because i don't like stopping a movie that i haven't seen right because i will forget it <laughs> if mm-hmm. i don't just watch it all the way through but part of it is it was hyped up a little bit so we're attempting to talk about this but not talk too much about it. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, we kept saying like how like uh, freaky it was, and I, I still think it's a freaky movie, but it's like not conventionally, yes. not conventionally. And those people who will watch it, which you definitely should watch it, yes. you'll notice why. So, so if you want, if you want a movie to watch in the month of October, or just anything to kind of give you, give you a little bit of ch- chills, or as Ben said, which I don't think I ever heard him say this after I finished watching this. He's just like, yeah, even gave me the heebie-jeebies, yeah. which I don't think you've ever said that word in yeah. your life. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and also for Ben to say that, that says a lot, because nothing phases you a lot. Yeah, yeah. and this was like, granted, like last, first time I watched it too, I was, uh, it was during college where like I, my only free time I had was like after 10 p.m. So I'd be sitting alone in a room watching this movie. And I'd just be like, eh. <laughs> was, this, was this when you were in the grad program? Yeah, yeah. It's like after you would get back from night class. Yeah, yeah. And I just like, well, I want to watch the movie, and there it is. Like, um, all right, we're gonna just yeah. watch this after yeah. I spent three hours in business classes and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> need to decompress. Uh-huh. There's one movie to decompress to. It's kind of like okay, just one last thing on the cinematography, because there is some because we can probably you can say this without spoiling too much of it, but there were times when. The first part of the movie goes in, I think, what it's was in it? sepia, yeah. sepia. Yeah, sepia. And then it goes to color, mm-hmm. and then it goes back to sepia. Mm-hmm. I'm confused on, maybe you can well, answer I mean, this, it's like, like, why it does So it? the idea is, and again, this isn't a spoiler, yeah. the main character, the stalker, uh, he mm-hmm. makes it no bones about the fact that his life purpose 
is connected to bringing people into the zone because he feels the zone is a sort of uh, apotheosis for the for the human soul. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he takes great pleasure in that. And you see that at the end of the movie. Uh, he has a very he when he cries, he has a very interesting monologue about it and about yeah. valuing the zone and his job as a stalker. So whenever he's outside the zone, it's it's not I mean he's with his family, he's should be fine, but he's just sitting there, he's depressed. He feels his ha- life has no he purpose. Wants to be exactly. In his and then zone. once he goes into the zone, uh his, the his life is full of color. His life is full of purpose. He knows mm. what he's going to do with his life. He says, "Okay, I'm going to bring people in." He fo- he's essentially he's in love with the zone. Uh, and it, they show that, like, there's a shot, Very there's a beautiful, so. yeah, right beautiful shot of it. him. He just like he tells everyone to wait back, the people he's guiding into the zone, and then he just falls into the uh, flowers and just like lays there and smells it and just loves being there. And all his memories, uh, whenever there's a flashback of outside the zone, it also goes back to sepia because it's like he's seen the light. He has <laughs> he's achieved the apotheosis he's trying to guide other people into, and the transcendence that uh, they're in. That, that makes a little bit more sense because at first it was just like, okay, they're differentiating between the zone and outside mm-hmm. the zone. Mm-hmm. And outside the zone is Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's what I kind of thought. But then when there was like a little brief dream sequence to where he was in the zone. No, I don't think he was. Was was the dream sequence? Oh, may, maybe you're do right. Do you know which one I'm talking about when the dog shows up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a dog, by the way. This movie, I'm still trying to figure out the dog. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, I thought he was outside the zone. Maybe he's in the zone, but it's before think, he visits the the room. I think no, because it was. By the way, he. That's not a spoiler either. They're trying to get to a room inside the zone. That's their entire yeah. purpose for being in the and zone. And they make that abundantly clear. Yeah, exactly. Um, like right at the beginning. At first, you're kind of confused. Like, what in the name of God's green earth are they doing this? And then you have mm-hmm. one of the characters explain what's happening. By the way, yeah. the main characters they don't. Except for the daughter who goes by the name Monkey, mm-hmm. they're all the characters don't really have names. You have the stalker, mm-hmm. the professor, and the writer, who are the three main mm-hmm. people. You have a bar owner who's a pair mm-hmm. for like his wife. His wife. Yeah, uh, the stalker's wife. Stalker's wife. Yeah, and then you have a couple of guards. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, and so it's very few characters, mm-hmm. and so none of them have names except for. Monkey, which is the stalker, and his mm-hmm. wife's daughter. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of a brief sequence on that. But And the professor, he knows a little bit more about the zone and rumors about the stalker. And, and he tells that to the writer and also to us as the audience. Okay, who is this man? Like, he's kind of... He seems a little off, but he's... I find I'm the stalker. I find the stalker a very actually kind-hearted person who does truly want mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. I know, um, like towards the end, it's kind of thought about. It's like, does the stalker really want the best for everybody, or is this just his own like weird sadistic game? But I find that he truly, truly does want the best, especially mm-hmm. with the ending dialogue, mm-hmm. where it's just he kind of goes on a tangent of it's like everyone's kind of lost hope in the world Mm -hmm. and this is the place where they can find that hope again Mm -hmm. and kind of goes on that little tangent and one of the themes i want to touch on later Mm because there's a lot of different psychological yeah this is a very very multi-layered film like i'm like i i just i had to look stuff up at one point just to like see oh crap that's how it goes mm -hmm. because i took uh i I was watching the second time i watched it with my dad and it was we took very um each time I watch it, I get different interpretations, and I find different things. It's extremely, extremely multi-layered. 
it's one of those movies where when you watch it you have to watch it a bunch of times to not only kind of understand a little bit more about it Mm -hmm. but each time you watch it you take something different away Mm -hmm. and i don't think you really get that with a lot of films right i think um you kind of get that with dead poet society i also just say that because it's one of my favorite movies (laughs) and i like watching it over and over again but you take something different each time it's like there's a new not really lesson but there's a new theme or something you just didn't see before it's like oh there's that and I'm going to pose another one you can do, which one I'm actually really happy or not happy. Well, happy and excited for us to be talking about is the Buckaroo Banzai. That's a later episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also kind of feel like that at times. Like, that movie is a little definitely more out there. But you do, you notice different things each time you watch mm-hmm. it. And you're like, oh, that's there. Oh, that's there. Mm-hmm. You don't really get that whole lot. Mm-hmm. And so... Kind of going a little bit off. I want to talk about the script a little bit because yeah, that's a that's a subject. <laughs> it's a big subject too. It's uh, yeah. It's one of those things to where it's a lot of monologues log, and a log. lot of just like one-liners, and also very silent. There's not. I think when I was talking about it with Dad, um, he's like, it's like Dunk. He said it's like Dunkirk to where there's not a lot of talking. Um, every once in a while, I have a couple couple lines, and I kind of argue with that a little bit, but at the same time, I see it to where there is a lot of silence and there is a lot of traveling and viewing the zone. Um, but when they do talk, they go in an entire monologue. Mm-hmm. Usually, that monologue is the writer who is probably in a midlife crisis. I've mm-hmm. established that he's in a yeah. midlife crisis. Um, the professor just kind of listens. I've mm-hmm. re looked, I looked up some quotes and whatnot to kind of refresh my memory on the script. And the professor burned or roasted uh, the writer a couple times to where he kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of he funny. Called, he insulted the writer so many times in so many like sneaky ways that mm-hmm. I didn't notice until when I looked him up. I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's good. One of my favorite well, they're two, they're also two very different people. Um, you'll find out. It's a spoiler to say why the professor is in the zone, uh, mm-hmm. so I want to say why, but the professor and the writer are two very different people. The professor goes to the room with a purpose, a very specific purpose, and the writer goes there to find his purpose. Okay. Yeah, because you know, he's going through midlife crisis. Remember at the beginning, he show, he even shows up in a sports car with and a, woman. a young woman. Yeah, at the, at the very beginning. And he's drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's drinking and everything like that. Uh, and he talks a lot about coasting off earlier successes and that he hasn't really done much in the last couple of years since he made his big success as a writer. Yeah, there's some, there's some good quotes in there. I <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. do you think the movie should have had more or less dialogue? No, it was absolutely perfect it in that regard. It was just perfect the way absolutely. it is. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a candidate for a perfect movie. I'm not going to lie. Uh... Okay, what would you then consider a perfect movie? Well, there's nothing I would add. There's nothing I would take out. There's nothing I I could feasibly think about in changing without totally altering the entire the entire meaning of the movie. Anything mean, okay. meaningful that is. Uh, I mean, Tarkovsky is one of the greatest directors of yes, all time. I I kind of think that. <laughs> amen. It's kind of sad what happened to him after this movie, yeah, though. Yeah. Because, um. So for context, this movie was shot in. Estonia, I believe, mm. and it was at a toxic waste place mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, you can you can find the article and stuff on Wikipedia or trust IMDb. But the um, that was where they shot like ninety five percent of the movie, 
I'm in the this place is what's the zone, and but there were a lot of toxic fumes. And what's sad is that um, they inhaled a lot. And so Tarkovsky, his wife, and the man who played the writer, all of them got the same form of cancer. And it's speculated by some crew members of, of the movie who said who said it's like okay they have all have got the same form of cancer. They were all at this one time in this place in this um, in Estonia. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Filming this movie, and they all died. I think early to mid eighties, which is mm-hmm. all, not long after this movie. Oh, was I think released. the wife died in the nineties, but yeah. Oh, she died in the nineties. Sorry, but they all kind of died in this same form of cancer. Mm-hmm. So some crew, some members of the crew, think that this is where it happened. Like, I mean, that would be so talk it. about being meta. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little yeah. Bit. <laughs> I mean, because uh, one of the things in the film is that the stalkers who end up going to uh, into the zone, mm-hmm. their kids end up being uh, deformed in some ways. Yeah. Or they end up being deformed in some ways. And the stalker's daughter in the movie is crippled. Yeah, it is really uh, sad. And a few other things, which you'll find out at the end. But, yeah. yeah. The, the daughter, that the ending was freaky. Yeah, that was, that was a little bit of a yeah. mind screw when I first saw yeah. it. There are only two, actually three parts in the entire movie, which I actually just realized it's beginning middle and end Mm -hmm. where i got really got kind of weirded out um the beginning part to where the the writer wants to take the more direct path Mm -hmm. to the room and all of a sudden hears a voice yeah (laughs) that was and it was neither the professor nor the stalker Mm -hmm. and just for a little bit of context like um to get to this room they have to go specific ways, and the stalker has said this place is a giant maze. It Essentially, it has a mind of its own, hence why it's a science fiction art mm-hmm. drama. <laughs> that, that's the category that it's in. And he's just like, uh, one of the lines was, you have to go, or something along the lines of, you have to go the most indirect path to go the right way, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can't just go straight through. It is not that simple. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have never gone straight through. The man who taught him, um, who we actually who find out a nickname for him is Porcupine, um, the, the stalker's teacher, mm-hmm. ha- does play a prevalent part in this movie. Uh, and he's just like, I've never gone that way. My teacher never went that way. We're not going to go that way. Mm-hmm. And so... And by the way, on the way there, there is... Uh, they see, like, remnants of, like, military units and, like, yeah. tanks that have been destroyed. A lot of dead bodies. Yeah, a lot of dead bodies. Because people get stuck there. Because mm-hmm. another part of the way... part bleh, <laughs> Another quote from there, Stalker says, it's like, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, when, you go, when you go back, you can't come back the same way. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And... Also, kind of meta mm-hmm. <laughs> with the movie because once you don't go in the same way you come out of the mm-hmm. zone, mm-hmm. so like a little bit of correlation right there. Mm-hmm. And just I also just like movie quotes, mm-hmm. and so and I think all, these are ones that truly a mind screw to say the least. And one of the big prevalent themes in this movie is what someone wants, it's like what does a person truly want, and having faith and having hope. Mm-hmm. You see the writer talk a lot about, um, it's like, what I want, what I truly want. One of the things he says is, my conscience wants vegetarianism to win over the world, and my subconscious is yearning for a piece of juicy meat, but what do I want? Yeah. And so it seems like the writer, going back to the midlife mm-hmm. crisis, battling mm-hmm. 
what do I really want? As like, am I going in there for whatever purpose am I finding and finding inspiration or whatever? Mm-hmm. And will I be able to figure this out? And then we have the professor's reasoning as well. And then you, you're thinking, it's like, okay, does the stalker have a reason for doing what he is doing? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out, does he have a reason? And you later find out he does in a way have a reason because he wants to help people find their mm-hmm. hope and find what they want. That makes him happy. Mm-hmm. And so do you have anything to add on, on, on that subject? dissertation? No, no, definitely not. Uh, it's uh, it, the, the dialogue. I mean, since we're still on the strip, the dialogue is just, it's a lot of juicy di- tidbits. Uh, it's mm-hmm. m- amazingly well written. It's almost, it's almost, okay. This movie could be a silent film in the sense that it could have no dialogue. And I think it would still it would carry less okay. meaning, but the cinematography stands on its own so much. On the other hand, you could also not you can have a totally different film and with the same lines, mm-hmm. and still be a good movie because the dialogue also stands on its own. I think it's one of the reasons why we why I said earlier was a, a perfect movie was because both the dialogue and the and both the yeah. uh, audio and visual qualities are so good that they stand extremely they stand on their own extremely well, uh, and then combined together it just makes an absolute awesome movie so then question how would you feel like if some studio remade this movie it would probably suck (laughs) (laughs) if they did roadside picnic Picnic. it would probably be better i haven't read roadside picnic but roadside picnic is supposed to be a more horror slash monster driven uh a little like the metro games or like the stalker games um which I'm like, oh, that could be kind of cool. Yeah. Like if, as like an action th- movie, it could probably like be pretty good. Yeah. Well, yeah, like an action horror thing, like that'd be kind of cool. But mm-hmm. uh, as this, I don't. It, there's only gonna be one stalker. <laughs> yeah. Like a- attempts will probably be made. They could probably most likely fail. Yeah. Because I feel like they would take a lot of things out and try to make it more. <sighs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the word PC. <laughs> Well, oh, interesting. Okay, I wasn't thinking that. I was more thinking okay. a fast pace kind of thing. Um, that too. Yeah, because it, it was funny. Uh, there was a conversation that Tarkovsky had with Tarkovsky had with uh, the the Soviet film um, film commission, and then when they were going to approve it, and they're like, "Well, we're concerned that it isn't fast paced enough." And he looks mm-hmm. over, and he's like, "Well, just, that just means that every that people who don't yeah. like it will walk out of the movie quicker." <laughs> I love so, yeah. it. It sounds like something you would say. Yeah. You and dad would say that. Yeah, exactly. Or even mom. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Very true, though. Because mm-hmm. the reason why I say PC is... I'm going to try to sound this as uncontroversial as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. With the world that we live in today, everything has to be boom, 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 boom. It has to be kind of fit into certain little categories. And so for someone to make a movie like Stalker in this day and age, I I think it would, I don't think it would do terribly well at first, but then later on it would become a cult classic. Well, it's it's interesting. So uh, they do have a modern version of Stalker. They do? An- Annihilation. And if you look what? at Annihilation, the movie with Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaacs, which is a good movie, by the way. Never uh, heard of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. It's a it's a nice action movie. Um, basically the same thing, but not really. Uh, Elements. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much exactly based off Roadside Picnic, even though it was based off three... Annihil- it's, Annihilation is based off a trilogy that someone wrote like 30, 40 years later. 
Um, and I'm kind of looking at it like, I think that guy took a lot from Roadside Picnic yeah. and uh, the brothers Strugowski. Str- I can I can spell it. I can't. Uh, well, I can't say. What's name that we don't know? Yeah, it's called um, Roadside Picnic. I yeah, think Roadside one of the Picnic. Brothers, his name's Boris. Yeah, Boris and Andre. It's Stragas. Str- Str- crap. Um, whatever. Boris and our our Boris and Arkady Strug. Arkady, there we go. Strugatsky. Something Strugatsky. like that. Yeah, something like that. They're actually extremely good computer, authors, yeah. by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrote a lot of science, good science fiction back yeah. in the golden age of science fiction. Um. But yeah, so they did actually make more of a modern version, even though it's technically based off a different book called Annihilation that was written like six, seven years ago, but it's not. <laughs> it's like a weird hybrid. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just like an action movie version of it, which is actually, like I said, it's good. Like, it's a really good concept. It's a very, mm-hmm. it's an interesting avenue to casually explore character while also shoot shooting and blowing <laughs> stuff up. Typical action movie. Yeah, exactly. Typical action movie. And Natalie Portman is amazing in that movie too. Oh, yeah. One of her best movies. In I, my opinion. I cannot see this as an action movie though. Well you're gonna have to watch Annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> Do I want to? Well I An- Annihilation also has like monsters and stuff like that in it, so that's part of why yeah. it's an action right, movie. Yeah. yeah. True. Um, like a- and they're trying to get to a room inside something they call they don't call it the zone they call it something else that's already been pro- copyrighted but like <laughs> uh and then they 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 find a room so they can communicate with the aliens that landed or maybe they did it takes place in a national actually this some of the concepts are really cool like it takes place in a national forest in the south and the government's keeping it a secret by saying there's a fire going on in the national forest or something <laughs> like that so nobody goes in and then the government just is keeping this massive, massive zone that's literally like taking up half the bayous that in is, Louisiana. That is, okay, then that is similar to Stalker. Yeah, yeah. So for a little bit more context, because um, it's set is somewhere in the, like some dystopian future mm-hmm. in the Soviet Union, and you have the Soviets they're guarding the zone, like no one can go past there except I think for a train, because mm-hmm. this train has like supplies or whatever. And so when the stalker goes in there, he has to be very careful. And at one point, it's mentioned in the beginning of the movie that he was imprisoned for a brief period of time. His mm-hmm. wife was like, don't go again. Please do not go again. Like, your daughter's just getting used to having you back because they think he was in prison for, like, five years. Mm-hmm. And so you have that part in there. Oh, good lordy. Mm-hmm. So I got one more question for you. Mm-hmm. How in the name of God's green earth did you find this movie? Because <laughs> you I can't find remember. the most random I things. can't remember either. It was, uh, I think I was just looking up greatest directors of all time or something like that. And Tarkovsky was mentioned. And I look at him like, oh, he did Ivan's Childhood, which I've now seen. Um, I haven't seen Solaris, which I really, really, really want to see. That's uh, what, we're going to be talking about that, though. Oh, yeah. the Yeah. And then mm-hmm. um, he also did Andre Rublev, which I also haven't seen yet. I think we're also uh, talking about yeah, exactly. We're talking but about I laundry, yeah, laundry, yeah. Andre but they had a copy of yeah, they had a copy of Stalker in uh, the library at my college. So I'm like, yeah, sure, let's watch it. So that's how I first saw it, and then I'm like, oh, and then I saw Ivan's Childhood. I watched Ivan's Childhood. Um, but yeah, Wait. check out check out your high school and college libraries for good movies. <laughs> so They're really you're good. Telling me our college had a copy of Stalker. Yeah, you know, it was weird. It's just kind of sitting there. Well, I think because there's, they were starting to do film classes, and it was that probably part of like, some of the curriculums. They had like that some world lit classes where they talk about literature and movies that at the same time. Yeah, our professor or our one of our world history professors, who was your film professor, mm-hmm. who we both loved dearly. Mm-hmm. That expo- I was just trying to imagine our college having. That. Oh yeah, no, they got a lot. They had a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, I no- I noticed that later on. I'm like, oh, they have so they had Animal House. 
Yeah, they which, had like other. Which amazes me. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen like half of that movie. And I, fi- I have to finish watching. Yeah, yeah. The last. Well, and half it was a small it. Christian college for those who don't know. So yeah. it was. Uh, that's why it was kind of surprising. Yeah. Anyways, oh uh, my so anything else on the movie? Any other uh, thoughts? I'm trying to think of like. Oh, one last thing. What was the point of the dog? I'm very confused about I'm the not, dog. I'm not 100 percent sure yet. <laughs> it's the one thing like the, a dog randomly shows up in the movie, and for the longest time, I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, what I mean, is I the think it has to do with the goodwill of the zone. Like, like, like it symbolizes like the protection ish. Like, since you're following the rules, I'm going to show you a sign that I care that I care. For you, and I'm gonna give you some safe passage. I think I'm not 100 sure. There's probably some deep uh, philosophical implications that I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like the only thing I could think was like he's protecting them, and it's kind of known like dogs are a man's best friend. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, is this dog now gonna be your friend? This dog follows the trio out of the zone when they're mm-hmm. done, and he just oh kinda, yeah, actually he just follows them out, and his wife's just like, why is there a dog? He's just like, I don't know. We're keeping him now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just kind of there. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I can't figure it out why. Yeah, it's weird. I think, uh, oh, I actually, this is a half-baked thought, so I could be 100% wrong, so feel free to call me out, or when someone watches a movie and they're like, wow, what Ben said doesn't matter. Uh, like, <laughs> you may be 100% right. So I think the way nature interacts with the zone like the birds and the bugs and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they directly address it, but I think they interact with the zone very f- uh, flawlessly. Yeah. But when humans interact with it, it's uh, it, that's when the zone starts uh, morphing a little bit. And they're talking about the zone ha- being a maze, having its own personality. Um, yeah. Maybe nature in its uh, both orderly but also very chaotic uh, chaotic i don't want to say nature <laughs> but uh the, the way yeah, yeah, it's it's both orderly and chaotic there there's a method in the madness but there's a lot of madness not unlike a maze yeah and that's why nature and the zone can't inter- interact so flawlessly because there's almost a sort of mutual respect there i don't know maybe there is maybe there isn't and then human humans come in dog, and they bring in, in too there. much order because they yeah. have a purpose they have a reason they have a reason for everything whereas nature as a whole sort of is a weird system of uh, a, 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 not even a full si- like it's weird because you know there's yeah. scientists who ask the philosophical question: Is nature itself a system, or is it a set of a whole bunch of smaller systems, systems that yeah compiled into one? Yeah, compiled into one, just mishmash of things that happen. So yeah. One of the many psychological things and philosophical questions. Yeah, that... yeah. Maybe he wasn't going for uh, a, a men, uh, an environmental message. <laughs> the, uh, it does not sound like he would go for one of those. No, but I mean, it's it's asking like, what is the nature at. of nature? Sure. <laughs> what is the nature of nature? Yeah. The, um, I, the, there's a better the word for nature. I just can't. Fi- I can't figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it's just nothing. I'm looking too much into it. But I'm kind of liking that theory. Okay. The more I talk about it. Anyways, yeah, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, not that I know of. I I do recommend Stalker. Uh, even though we kind of hyped this up a mo- this movie up a little bit. Uh, watch it, and then I recommend just throwing a person in there. Be like, all right, here you go. Watch it. Have fun. Uh, and try not to have too many nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you will not have any nightmares. I guarantee you won't. Uh, thank you for joining us. See you guys next time. We are signing off.